This podcast series from Teacher Magazine is supported by SSO, Subject Selection Online, one easy platform for your subject selections. Let SSO handle the checks and challenges for you, extracting pristine data to upload into your timetabling software. Try SSO today at subjectselectiononline.com.au. Hello, thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Jo Erb. My guest on the research files today is Amanda Datnow, a professor in the Department of Education Studies and Associate Dean of the Division of Social Sciences at the University of California, San Diego. Her current research explores best practice in relation to data-informed teaching and learning, including how to build educator capacity. In August, Professor Datnow will be in Melbourne for Research Conference 2017, hosted by the Australian Council for Educational Research, where she'll deliver a keynote titled Opening or Closing Doors for Students, Equity and Data-Driven Decision-Making. Here, she joined me on the line from California. Professor Amanda Datnow, welcome to the Research Files. Uh, now, I mentioned in the intro there, you're one of the keynotes at Research Conference 2017 at the end of August. The theme of this year's conference is Leadership for Improving Learning. Uh, your research expertise is in K-12 education, and uh, you've travelled all around the world with that. Obviously, there are local influences and needs, but I'm just interested in your view of school leadership in a global context. So, what are the common issues around the world that, that you find? There are two abiding concerns that I find um, wherever I go, and one of them is um, this, this press for instructional improvement, and the other one is um, the interest in equity, the, the need to you know, close achievement gaps between groups of students. I see those everywhere, and, and, and also as a, as a reform strategy, I see an interest in um, the use of data to inform instructional decision-making as well. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, sorry, just to pick you up on that last comment then with data, is that something that you've seen more of in the last, say, five, ten years then? Yes, I'd say the trend towards data use has been um, probably about the last decade. And, um, you know, in many localities around the world, this enthusiasm for data use has produced volumes of data that are um, intended to be used to improve classroom instruction but, but, and, and school improvement planning at the leadership level, but, but oftentimes they aren't. And they're done, this is done often in a cursory manner because, you know, leaders and teachers have so many demands on their time. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll uh, come back to the issue of data shortly. Um, but taking things down to a classroom level from that leadership level, um, I've heard you talk previously about the increasingly complex nature of teaching. So what are the challenges that teachers face today? Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, um, the time demand is probably one of the, 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 the biggest ones. It's, you know, finding time to work with colleagues um, and to even to work individually to uh, a plan effective instruction. And this is particularly challenging because teachers find themselves with a large uh, range of students in their classrooms, and, and teachers that I meet with often say, I don't know how to differentiate instruction for the broad range in my room. And they, they try in earnest to meet everybody's needs, but they sometimes don't have the toolbox of instructional strategies that can help them meet every child's needs. Uh, given these challenges then, why is it important for educators, and this is not just teachers but leaders as well, to, to have this evidence-informed approach to practice? Um, also, I'm not just thinking you know, the formal academic research, but gathering and understanding and using data from their own settings. 
Well, I think data, broadly speaking, can um, provide a, a at least a clue as to where teachers might and leaders might best place their efforts. And so, if we anchor decisions and evidence, we can avoid, as what one teacher said, you know, um, she called it shooting darts blindfolded. You know, you don't necessarily know um, whether the efforts that you're attempting um, in terms of change are going to address the needs. And so, the goal is to anchor those efforts around, you know, particular needs that students have in the school or in the in the classroom. But the, the the tricky element is to you know really um, you know broadening our, our conception of what we mean by data because oftentimes when I talk to teachers and I say you know data are really important to school improvement they're thinking standardized test data data that might come from the government or from you know might be administered outside of their own classroom and they oftentimes bristle at those data because they don't see them as immediately useful to imp inspiring improvements in instruction and so. When I talk with teachers, I say, no, no, no. What we want is all forms of data, and I'll say data in quotation marks, and by that I mean information on student learning are really important to informing instruction. And that can be, you know, anything from, um, you know, teachers' close observations about um, student work um, as they're as they're walking around the room. It can be um, homework that students complete. It can be assessments that they complete. It can be assessments that teachers designed. It can be, you know. Um, portfolios. It could be a whole range of information that teachers, you know, we want encourage teachers to use as evidence to inform instruction. The goal is to anchor those instructional decisions and evidence so that they can, you know, be more more targeted in their approaches to um, addressing students' needs. And 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 I will admit that teachers will tell me that this doesn't make teaching easier. It's more labor intensive. It's more time intensive. However, they find that it's they get much better student results. They see more student growth when they're able to really. Um, dig in and say, what is it that my students are struggling with? It's, you know, it's not that they're, let's say, maybe categorized as low performing in math. It's that they're particularly struggling with proportional reasoning. And if we know that, then you know, we can provide particular targeted support to those students who might need that in the context of a classroom. Um, so those kinds of strategies are useful, but you really need some fine-grained you know, data, so to speak, to help you understand where those gaps in learning might be. And presumably the pro professional learning around that to back it up because it's a skill, isn't it, knowing what data to look at and what to use when. And it, otherwise it can be just so overwhelming, can't it? Absolutely. And I think you know, data literacy is not necessarily a skill that we teach in teacher education, at least in the U.S. I don't know um, as much about other countries in terms of the, the professional learning that takes place in, at the pre-service level. Um, but we don't, you know, uh, teachers tend to not have even a great deal of training on assessment and how it functions in the teaching process. And so, um, you know, understanding data, what it's used for, what it can't be used for, um, is really important. And we oftentimes don't build teachers' expertise for that. And, you know, consequently, when they go in schools, the predominant mode for building teachers' capacity is to put them in professional learning communities where the hope is that they'll learn from each other. But not, um, you know, oftentimes we, you know, don't provide the training even in those contexts. And so hopefully there's some expertise in the group that might lead teachers along to um, develop a greater understanding on how to use, use data and to make sense of data. But that often you know, isn't the case. So teachers are kind of, you really rely on leadership to provide a framing around what data are useful, what should we pay attention to. And so you know, there, we'll find schools that leaders are very much focused around accountability data that they're developing you know, at the government, you know, the, you know, really are administered from the outside, and that provides one kind of frame. But those, that that accountability frame tends not to be useful for instructional improvement. But when leaders can provide a frame that's focused on instruction and say, 
listen, you know, all forms of evidence are useful here. What we want you to do is anchor your, you know, instructional decisions and evidence that and, and talk about instruction and use that evidence to think about student thinking and, you know, what do we really know about student learning in this context. Those kinds of conversations around data can lead to much more productive um, work than the ones that are focused on, you know, let's look at these data to think about how we're going to improve test scores. Another area for capacity building for teachers is um, developing their, their instructional expertise, instructional strategies. Um, oftentimes this also happens in professional learning community meetings. Teachers get an opportunity to share their expertise, share different strategies for um, addressing students' needs. Um, and this is a really an important component because oftentimes teachers will say, well, now I understand the data. I see where the patterns are, but I need to have some different ways of teaching these concepts to my students so that I can um, better meet their needs. And so being in a, if it's a well-functioning professional learning community, teachers can share strategies with each other. Um, but there's also um, oftentimes, you know, a need for a coach, a principal, you know, um, perhaps, you know, someone from the outside who might be able to provide some additional um, strategies that, that teachers may be able to use to uh, address those needs. Mm -hmm. Now, your research conference keynote is titled Opening or Closing Doors for Students, Equity and Data-Driven Decision-Making. Uh, without giving away too much, can you give listeners a, a bit of an overview of the kinds of things you'll be talking about there? Yeah. Um, you know, I think what we found is that, that the data use can be a vehicle for achieving equity. It can be a way to, you know, as I mentioned, if we get more targeted about how we think about student achievement, you know, we can think... Um, you know, we can hopefully lift all students up by differentiating instruction in useful ways. However, we've also found that data use can be, um, a, you know, can, can close doors for students. For example, data can be used to track or stream students um, in ways that, that limit their future possibilities. Um, data um, can be used to confirm assumptions about students rather than to um, re-examine them. What we hope is that data will do is, you know, lead teachers and educators say, ah, you know, I see a new pattern here that I hadn't, you know, imagined before. But, um, you know, it's also the case that the data can be used in ways that, you know, might lead educators to say, look, it's exactly as I imagined this particular group of students is low achieving. It's always what I've thought. I don't see anything useful here in these data. So, again, the framing of the conversation is really important. And the, the thinking about students' strengths rather than weaknesses and to really think about, you know, how can we create a portrait of student achievement with a variety of forms of information on student learning that we have because the more full portrait will have a, you know, have a better sense of where to go next in lifting students' achievement. Well, we look forward to that. Uh, it's been great to speak to you today. We'll catch up with you again at the conference in August. But for now, Professor Amanda Dattnow, thanks very much for talking to the Research Files. My pleasure. That's all for this episode. To keep listening or to download all of our podcasts for free, visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen A-C-E-R. You can also check out the full transcript of this podcast and related reading at www.teachermagazine.com.au where, of course, you can also access the latest articles, videos and infographics. This podcast series from Teacher Magazine is supported by SSO, Subject Selection Online, one easy platform for your subject selections. Let SSO handle the checks and challenges for you, extracting pristine data to upload into your timetabling software. Try SSO today at subjectselectiononline.com.au.